everybody. Uh, I'm Santa Claus. I'm not a jerk. Or am I? Depends on what uh, Christmas special you're watching. Also, this is Johnny Townsend. He's been a good boy this year. Or has he? Uh, don't ask any of his ex-girlfriends. Also with him is Chris Chavez. What's up, Chris? <laughs> What's up, dude? How are you? I'm doing pretty well. I'm feeling much, much better. Much more However, jolly. Yeah, more jolly. Uh, there's more uh, uh, when I'm forgetting to play. But, you know, when I break into somebody's <laughs> house of Santa Claus and I eat all their cookies and drink all their milk, I'm feeling pretty great about myself. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Ho, ho, ho. It's December. It is. It is cold here. We had our first snow here in the Carolinas over this past week, so it's getting to feel more like the season down here. That's funny. We had our first snow in the past week as well. Uh, in the past couple of days, it's been really coming down. Yeah, they were expecting us to get about, I know people really care about this, so I'm going to give them our weather report. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they were expecting like one to three inches down here. And in North Carolina, that means that you, you're not allowed to drive in it because we don't know how. Uh, but we ended up getting about six inches, which is really good for us. We usually don't get that much during our snows, but nice. it was fun. It was fun down here. Well, thank you for that, Johnny. Now we're going out to traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Tucker Jameson, how's the cars looking this day? And here's Chris Travez with sports. Chris? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, it's good to have us back on the, on the mics, though. The curse struck. You were sick, as you mentioned. You're feeling better now. and But I... Yeah. Uh, now I seem to be touched by something. I've been coughing and sneezing like a maniac the past couple of days. Yeah, but you're tougher than I am. You're going to try to tough it out. <laughs> we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I'll just fall off right in the middle of talking. <laughs> yeah, I'll just take over your end of that thought, even though I don't even know what you're doing. I'll just start making it up. <laughs> you just pick up from where I left off making up yeah. whatever you want. <laughs> yep. Choose yep. your own that, adventure. <laughs> yeah, I turn to this page. Okay. Uh but uh, awesome. uh, uh, real quick, uh, Chris, before we get into our uh, episode of That's Odd here, yeah. I know you mentioned on the last episode, the a curse episode, because like we just said, I was sick, so I wasn't be able, I wasn't able to join you. Yeah, uh, we woke up one day to some pretty awesome news. Very awesome news. Very surprising news. I mean, it really helped my day get off to a great start, and that is that History Creeps. Uh, was on a list, is on the Stitcher's Top 100 Movers list, right smack in the middle of it, pretty much. Top 100 Movers. Yeah, and we were uh, 52 or somewhere around in there. Yeah. Uh, that floored me, honestly. I wasn't expecting it. It's very cool, very awesome news. Yeah. Uh, and I just want to say real quick, a humongous thank you to all you who download us, who make us a part of your week. It really means a lot to us. Uh, that you uh, would would feel that it's really important for you. I'm going to say important to listen to us ramble about really awesome and strange and creepy mysteries throughout uh, this uh, this world, this earth. So, yeah, thank you guys and, and ladies and gents and and everybody who listens. We we very much appreciate it. Oh, for sure. Because I mean, we're not celebrities uh, by by any stretch of the <laughs> Speak imagination. Speak for yourself, there, buddy. <laughs> but you know, like famous people, <laughs> celebrities, comedians, uh, they have their own podcast, and these are the ones that make the top hundred list, like the top overall in the nation or maybe even the world. I'm not sure how those demographics work for Stitcher. Uh, however, for a small podcast uh, of our caliber to be to be noticed by Stitcher as a top mover is actually a very big deal. A top mover, if you haven't listened, you didn't listen last week, and you're not aware of how it works. Top mover rankings are based on which shows have made the biggest jump in rankings since the last ranking period. So for the week uh, of this ranking, I think it was two weeks ago now. Um, 
our show literally jumped over 20,227 other podcasts to move up in ranking like that just in one week's time. So that it like if you put it that way, you think about the fact that you we surpassed 20,227 other shows. That's actually a really, really cool, big deal for a small podcast like us. So like Johnny says, for sure, a huge thank you. I mean, it's I couldn't even be happier. I really couldn't. It's it's very cool to know that we've got such cool listeners and people checking in and listening to our show. Yeah, and I think that we would still do this even if we didn't have the audience we've built now just because we enjoy it. I would still but, do this if I didn't have recording equipment. I'd just be talking to myself. <laughs> just, talking, just talking in your basement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, same here. Uh, so it's it's honestly kind of floors me at times that people would uh, listen. Yeah, that they're even interested. I'm like, really? And then, yeah. it, do you ever have people that are like, "Hey, what's the name of your podcast? Let me listen to it." Do you ever get that kind of like, "Oh, you know, don't listen to me talk. I'm nonsense." Yeah, it's kind of weird because you know, I do this show and Rancher uh, Blast, and <laughs> I kind of get that from both shows because it's two different fan bases, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, it'll happen quite a bit. It'll come up in conversation, and uh, I try not to shoehorn it because it feels kind of doesn't it kind of feel weird to just say, "Oh yeah, I do a podcast." Yeah, it, yeah. it feels like I don't want to be really, really super braggy, but I'm very proud of the podcast that I'm a part of. Both of them, I agree. I, I am always like I'm always really wanting to talk about the fact that I do them, uh, but you, like you said, you don't want to come off bragging or like. Oh, look at me. I'm super special. Yeah. yeah yes, I'm a really good, um, pretty sweet guy. No, that's what I am. I'm uh, very smart. But overall, yeah, dude, I'm very appreciative of our listeners. And, and it does. It, the same as you, it blows me away that we have people that are, are listening to us that get into the show and, and, and follow us. They follow us on our Facebook. They interact with us. It's cool. Yeah, they follow me home. It's pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, I love to be stalked. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's get to the <laughs> show, dude. Oh, we're doing a show? That's right, we are. And that show, of course, is That's Odd. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Uh, this, of course, is That's Odd, in which we each, Chris and I, take a story that's a little strange, a little odd, and maybe not big enough for a full episode of History Creeps. And we give uh, Carter the day off. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Yeah, because he has a kid and a wife, and uh, he just he ain't got time for that. And he's writing books, so, so I guess you could say he deserves it. I guess so. Yeah, we'll let so we let him off the hook <laughs> out of out of the power of friendship. So, with that being said, Chris, yeah, uh, what do you have to bring to the table today? I've got a fun one to bring up. Um, let me start by saying this. I think I've said this to you before. Have I ever told you about how uh, out here in Western New York, Buffalo, where I live, <clears throat> we have a T-shirt that and a saying about how our town smells like Cheerios. No, I've never, no, please. Wait, I've, I want to hear this. I've never told you that. Okay. Um, Buffalo, the city of Buffalo, if you come to visit, uh, you will walk around the streets. You'll see the beautiful architecture because uh, it's got some amazing architecture, some amazing uh, parks designs. The the, uh, the parks that we have here were designed by the same guy that designed Central Park in New York City. Um, <clears throat> there's some really cool, you know, uh, grain silos, a lot of cool history in this, this town. The other thing you will notice is there is a faint smell of Cheerios. Well, depending on the day, put it this way. Some days you'll smell Cheerios. Some days you'll smell Lucky Charms just permeating the air around the city. And the reason for that is we have a General Mills plant right in the middle of downtown. And depending on which cereal they're processing that day, that's the smell that usually fills the air uh, in Buffalo. 
Now, the story I'm going to tell you about is not Buffalo. It's uh, the town of Boston. Have you heard of it? Boston? Uh, let's see. Let's see if I can place it. Uh, this, you mean where the Celtics play? Pretty close. Yeah, it's where okay. uh, the Boston Red Sox play. Oh, okay. All right. Got you. Uh, I'm a, a basketball guy, so I, everything I reference is through that. There you go. There's a there's a saying that goes around Boston, that, and people will tell you this, that on specific days, warm summer days, you can smell the smell of molasses. Uh, you know what molasses is, right? Oh, yes. It's quite sticky. <laughs> Very sticky. You know, it's like it, it's it's an ingredient that they use in gingerbread cookies. Um, people use it on pancakes, too, right? Correct. Okay. Is that, so is it as syrup? It's not. It's thicker than syrup, though, isn't it? Yes, it's really, really thick. And it, like I said, if you get it on your fingers, it's a, uh, it's quite a mess. You find yourself in a sticky situation. Um, <laughs> oh, I see what you did there, and I'm mad that I didn't go there first. <laughs> One of the things that molasses is used for as well is uh, in in the production of rum, alcohol. Um, so in the 1900s in Boston, the 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 the, the, the north end of Boston, there was a uh, the Purity Distilling Company had a, a plant there. They were a subsidiary of the United States Industrial Alcohol Company. Um, on the premises of this plant, they had this huge tank, 50 feet tall, 240 feet around, and it held as much as 2.3 million gallons of molasses that would be distilled at the distillery there. So on the afternoon of January 15th, 1919, the tank was almost completely full, as were many tanks around the country during this time at all these you know, various distilleries. You see, at this time in history, our country was on a fast track to prohibiting alcohol altogether. As a matter of fact, uh, the very next year, 1920, prohibition would go into effect and our country would go, quote unquote, dry. Before this happened, though, um, all the alcohol companies, the distilleries, were racing to just produce as much as they can so that they could sell as much alcohol as they can before the ban went into effect and they would start losing, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars. They wanted to make the money and they wanted to make it quick. So all across the country, you know, tanks were filling with molasses and and, and all these different ingredients used in in, in distilling the alcohol, you know, the molasses and creating the alcohol. Um on the afternoon of January 15th, 1919, a couple of things come into play that would set off an event the likes of which we have never seen since. First, the construction of this tank and a lot of the, the, the stuff around that time uh, wasn't the best. It was it had been used over and over. So um, the, the weather, um, the constant you know filling and emptying, filling and emptying really started to take a wear on the building materials that this tank was, was situated on, this structure, these beams. Uh, the second thing was there were freak temperatures over those couple of days, the, uh, January 14th and 15th. January 14th, they were logging record, or not record, but they were logging temperatures of one, about one degree Fahrenheit. By the afternoon of January 15th, the temperature had jumped up to 14, uh, I'm sorry, 40 degrees Fahrenheit. It had jumped up 39 degrees. So the increase in temperature uh, affecting the, the, the pressure inside the tank and, the, sh- and you know, the wearing down of the structure, the entire thing collapsed. And it ends up dumping 2.3 million gallons of molasses onto Boston's North End neighborhood. A wave, a wave, Johnny, 
of up to 25 feet high came pouring down the streets at 35 miles an hour. Can you imagine seeing a wave of molasses 25 feet high coming at you at that speed? Now, that's not super fast, but that's that's the speed of a car going, you know, 35 miles an hour. Think of that. Yeah, it's much faster than people can run. Dude, 35 miles an hour, 25 feet high molasses. What do you think happens when there's people caught in the middle of that? It sounds like a, it sounds like a sticky situation. <laughs> well, you already know how sticky it is, right? Now talk about yeah. molasses that's not processed, not the stuff you use on your pancakes, which is slightly thinner. You know what I mean? You're talking about that thick, real thick goo coming at you. It sounds like it could be pretty dangerous, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take this from Wikipedia. Author uh, Stephen Puelio describes how nearby buildings were swept off their foundations and crushed. Several blocks were flooded to the depth of two to three feet. Puelio quotes a Boston Post report. Here's This was reported in the Boston Post. Quote, molasses, waist deep, covered the street and swirled and bubbled about the wreckage. Here and there struggled a form. Whether it was an animal or a human being was impossible to tell. Only an upheaval, a thrashing about in the sticky mass, showed where any life was. Horses died so many, like so many flies on sticky flypaper. The more they struggled, the deeper in the mess they were ensnared. Human beings, men and women, suffered likewise. Isn't that crazy? It said that their people were picked up, quote, picked up by a rush of air and hurled many feet. Other had debris hurled at them from the rush of sweet-smelling air. A truck was picked up and hurled into the Boston Harbor. About 150 people were injured, 21 people, and several horses were killed. Some were crushed and drowned by the molasses. The wounded included people, horses, and dogs. Uh, Coughing fits became one of the most common ailments. And in 1983, uh, an article for the Smithsonian uh, states this uh, about one child's experience. Anthony Distagio, walking homeward with his sisters from Michelangelo School, was picked up by the wave and carried, tumbling on its crest almost as though he were surfing. When he grounded, and mo- when he grounded, the molasses rolled him like a pebble as the wave diminished. He heard his mother calling his name and couldn't answer. His throat was so clogged with the smothering goo. He passed out, and when he opened his eyes, he found his three. Uh, he found three of his four sisters staring at him. This is con- wow. yeah. This went on to be considered called the Great Molasses Flood or the uh, the Boston Molasses Disaster. I had never heard of this before, but when I had, I was like, "That is the craziest thing I've ever heard." A wave of molasses twenty five feet high. Can you imagine that? There's got to be. I wonder what all what else is there's been waves of like besides water. We're gonna have, you know we'll do a whole a whole series of that side of of crazy waves. Yeah, strange waves. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. I like the sound of that. Yeah, strange waves. <laughs> wow, that's uh, that's very fascinating. I mean, and sad and tragic too at the same time. Yeah, but like I I just it blows my mind to think about what it would be like to stand on a street, hear this rumbling. You know, and you kind of turn over to your right and you look and all of a sudden you see this big massive brown just coming at you and you're not sure what it is, but it's kind of like roiling and bubbling and it's moving at the speed of a slow moving car. And you're like, wait, this thing is getting higher. That looks like a wave. Can you imagine? Can you imagine just the cleanup afterwards, how long that would take? Oh, let me tell you something about that. So you're talking about 
the cold, right? So the content, the, it, it would take a while to clean it up. The cold, it got cold and the molasses would harden and they couldn't use just regular water. They ended up having to use, um, they had to use salt water from the harbor to blast it and help cut through the molasses and, and do all kinds of scrubbing. But dude, they say today, even, even in, uh, modern times, you, you can go north end in the heat of the summer. And take a big breath in, and you'll you'll catch a whiff of the molasses still kind of permeate <laughs> permeating the neighborhood. Well, you know, here recently, literally within uh, two or three miles from where I live, uh, there was a truck, and it was just filled with apples, right? Just apples, just filled with them. And it turned over, it wrecked, and it shut down the road whole the whole day. And this was just for apples <laughs> to clean up apples. The whole road was shut down the whole day. I couldn't even imagine. A flood of molasses, how long that would take in the wintertime. And imagine moving through it waist deep. Like, that's how much you have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, that was just that was just apples here. There wasn't yeah. a single doctor found. <laughs> <laughs> nice, dude. Nice. So that's, yeah. that's my that's odd tale, because to me, that was pretty odd. 25-foot wave of molasses. That's very, very odd. Now... We're going to go from uh, Boston to uh, Warminster, United Kingdom. Uh, and I don't have a good United Kingdom accent. I don't feel like uh, hurting people's feelings that live there. <laughs> I'm just an ignorant, fat American. So, uh, <laughs> But, you know, Chris, I decided since it's getting close to the holiday season uh, here in America, we're counting down the days till uh, Christmas morning when uh, kids are going to wake up and open their Christmas presents. Well... <laughs> Oh, I hear a certain <laughs> jolly elf himself. But, you know, some strange things have happened on Christmas before in our history. And one of those strange things happened in Warminster, United Kingdom. 1964, Chris, we're going to travel back with me. We're going to the 60s. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a good time. I assume I wasn't born then. But uh, Christmas morning. Now, the people of Warminster suddenly, I mean, this came out of nowhere. This was out of the blue started hearing strange noises. And they described these noises as a strong, pounding uh, type of vibration noise. Uh, a couple of people were uh, were uh, quoted as saying they were like, they were feeling sonic attacks almost. Like they were be- uh, being attacked sonically. Some said it sounded as if uh, they would hear uh, something falling on their roof, almost like you know, Santa Claus landing on the roof or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sounded as if something fell on their roof, and then when they would look for something, they would hear a strange humming noise, but they never, ever saw anything. And now many residents in this town of Warminster would report this, including uh, soldiers. There's like a military base near there, and they reported the same stuff too. And no one ever saw anything during this. But now I'm going to turn your attention to a woman by the name of Marjorie Bye, and that's B-Y-E. That's how she spells her last name. Uh, I bet that's great for leaving when you want to leave a party. <laughs> uh, on Christmas morning, you know, a lot of churches uh, will have a Christmas service, and the church she attended to apparently was no different. So she was walking to church for Christmas service, just minding her own business, just really you know, excited to go and celebrate that. When suddenly, out of nowhere, she heard some sort of vibrating noise. It kind of stopped her in the tracks at first, and she looked around, didn't see anything. 
and thought nothing of it and, and tried walking some more. And then all of a sudden she heard these vibrating noises again. But this time it was slightly more intense than the time before. But again, she didn't see anything. So she tries, you know, walking some more towards her church. And then again, it comes, but even more intense this time. And this time it was so intense. She actually fell to the ground and she couldn't move. She was paralyzed by this noise. And when she was interviewed, she actually described it as, and I'm quoting her in this, that she was pinned down by the invisible fingers of sound. What? She couldn't move. And she said this lasted for what seemed like minutes. And then it just went away. And again, I tell you, no one, including her, including including poor Marjorie, saw a thing. Now, Chris, why is this story important? I'm going to tell you it's important because of this. And I think our buddy Carter would love this. Uh-oh. Uh, there's a really famous UFO sightings that is known as the Warminster Thing. That's what it's called. It's even, have a, even had a movie made after it. It's really famous, especially over there. Uh, reports of this noise that I was describing went on for a year. It lasted for at least a year. And then actually, that following summer, the summer after this Christmas, that's when the UFO sightings began. Oh. There's a really famous photograph. You can Google it. If you just Google uh, the Warminster thing, you will see the world famous, and you've definitely seen it before, Chris, trust me, a photograph of a UFO that was taken during this time. This oh, is one yeah. of the most yeah, this is one of the most famous UFO sightings in the United Kingdom. And to think this actually really started with noises and no one ever saw anything until a year later and that's when they started seeing the UFOs. So to me that's a very odd way to spend your Christmas. <laughs> that is insane. Imagine yeah. what that felt like to be like you trying to get up and no matter what you did you you feel something holding you down. Yeah, I've now I've heard before of um, I forgot what it's called, but you know people are laying in bed and then suddenly suddenly they feel like they can't get out of bed, they can't move. Mm-hmm. It's called something I can't remember what it's called, but I've heard that before. But this sounds completely different. Sleep paralysis. Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, and this sounds way different. I mean, she was awake, she was walking, she was outside walking, and then all of a sudden it was so intense this noise that I knocked her to the ground and she couldn't move. I couldn't even imagine. That that just feels that just seems like pure hell to me. <laughs> Did you ever watch? Have you ever seen the the movie the war the the thing? Warminster. I've seen the thing. I haven't seen the Warminster thing, but I really want to now. <laughs> you have to check that out. That's <laughs> that's pretty insane. That's intense. Yeah, it's very intense. And, uh, I don't. And there I, hadn't been I, any UFO reports before that, right? Not that I could see. Now I've heard of the Warminster thing. I've heard of the the UFO sightings before, and I've definitely seen that picture before. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't think I ever actually knew what led up to it. I never actually read into that before now. Wow. Interesting. Yeah, so uh, that's the, that's how the Warminster thing got started. I like it. Very festive. I do too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> people thought it was a UFO. I mean, people thought it was Santa Claus at first on the roof, but it ended up being uh, Mars Attacks, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome nice very nice 
But yeah, uh, so that's been uh, this episode of That's Odd. Chris, that's tell odd. the people, tell the people where they can find you and uh, the other things that you do. Well, if you're interested, I do another podcast. It's a comic book pop culture podcast called Back Issues Comic Book Podcast. You'll find that on iTunes and Stitcher on our network as well, BICBP-radio.com. You'll find this show as well as History Creeps and a number of other shows, some of which Johnny will tell you about. Find something you like, head over to iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure you subscribe, uh, comment, rate, let us know how we're doing. Um, like I said before, very appreciative of our listeners of History Creeps because they definitely always comment, send us messages, interact with us. And that's I think that's one of the coolest parts about this that I really enjoy is interacting with the people that have an interest in the stuff we do and the stuff we talk about. Um, there's some things that they've been sending us recently that they'd like us to talk about here in the near future. And I plan on, uh, starting to address a lot of those. So, uh, keep a lookout for those. Anything you want to hear us talk about, send it our way. You can send it on our Facebook page, history creeps podcast. Um, or you can maybe put it on as a comment on our Instagram account. We have an Instagram. It's at history creeps. Uh, other than that, Johnny, I'm good. Tell them where to find you, man. My other podcast is called uh, Retro Blist. It's about old school video games. I do it with my buddy Trevor. It's on his first same network that Chris just mentioned. Also on iTunes and Stitcher. And you can interact with us on there on our Facebook page, which is just search for Retro Blist. And on our uh, Instagram, Trevor runs that and he does a really good job. He posts something about once a day about old school video games. So if you're into that, please follow that. Give us a listen. Uh, again, like we've said before, we're very appreciative of everybody who interacts with this show and listens to the show. It's very, very awesome, and it really helps and puts a, a pep in our step and helps <laughs> us feel better about what we're doing. And it feels almost like vindication in a way. <laughs> <laughs> I told you people would like yeah. it, Mom. Stop yelling yeah. at me. <laughs> See, I've become something. <laughs> I'm a Z-level celebrity of some sort. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we really do appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. Uh, for Chris Chavez, uh, for Johnny Townsend, I don't know why I'm referring to myself in the third person, but for me as well, I like to wish everybody a very happy holiday season, and also, as always, that's odd. That's odd.